He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go, Tario. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. He's just completely taken the wind out of my sandwich. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. Welcome to a Wednesday Drive, where, as expected, the Hornets didn't get any lottery luck last night. So they're locked into number 13. And they also own New Orleans' number 15 pick. Which I think presents a good opportunity for Charlotte next month. Don't take two projects in hopes one of them becomes a star. Package 13 and 15 together. Maybe throw something else in there. And figure out a way to get into the top six or seven. Because that's where the future NBA stars are. You're not getting any of those guys in the teens. And how do I know that? Charlotte tried this last year. They sat back towards the end of the lottery took James Booknight, then traded back into the first round and took Kai Jones, I think, at 19. A year later, you feel like any of those two guys are going to be NBA superstars? Because I don't. I want to be fair. It's early on. These guys could be good. Maybe one of them will be a rotation player. But none of these guys are going to be the first or second guy you name the reason why you win a playoff series. Like LaMelo Ball, who you got in the top three. Or Gordon Hayward that you're paying max money to right now. Those guys are in the top six or seven picks. Usually, there are seven guys, and then the draft drops off a bit. Charlotte, you've got two top 15 picks. Figure out a way to package those together. Maybe throw a lottery-protected pick next year in there. Get into the top six or seven. If you sit back, you're going to take a player like Mark Williams or Ochai Obaji from Kansas. And those guys are perfectly fine players, but they're both projects. And if either becomes a star, you're really going to be talking about luck. Charlotte's no longer in that place as an organization where you wait and develop players to see if they're going to be any good. You're not in that place anymore. Your actions Tell us what you think you are. Charlotte made it to the play-in tournament back-to-back years, got blasted back-to-back years. They fired James Borrego. If they were in the wait-and-develop phase any longer, they're not firing JB. No, that tells me they expect better. They expect to be in these playoff, playoff series now. They expect to compete in some of those playoff series. So I'm past the point where I want Charlotte to continue to take a bunch of mid-team first-round picks and hope that some of these guys are going to be good. No. Figure out a way to get into the top six or seven or use those picks to make a big trade for a proven asset that can improve your roster. You have young stars. You've got the young star to build around. You've got the max player. It's time to get up and ride. If you sent the message that what James Borrego did wasn't good enough, now you need to back that up with how you approach the draft, Mitch Cupjack. So who should they target? If Charlotte's going to trade into the top six or seven, what player should they be trading up to try and get? And I think it should be A.J. Griffin from Duke. He's a terrific kid. Probably my favorite guy that we covered this past year aside from Armando Baycott, who we have a special relationship with on this show. He has a terrific story. He's been through a lot. He's an athletic wing who's bouncy and can really push the break if you need to in the NBA at 6'6", but such an efficient three-point shooter, too. You're talking about a guy that was 47% from three last year? Come on. At Duke in the ACC? There's a reason why Duke got to the Final Four, and it wasn't just because of Paolo Boncaro. A.J. Griffin would be an excellent player to target if you're Charlotte. I'd even be cool if they went after Baylor's Jeremy Sohan. Tar Heel fans, remember the guy who was a pest in the Baylor game that the aforementioned Armando Baycott was mixing it up with? Armando. Yeah, the guy who looked like Cisco. That's the guy I want Charlotte to go after, too. 
One of those two guys. Every game I watched of Baylor this year, he was all over the floor and doing a lot of different stuff. He's 18 years old. The only question is with either guy, AJ or Sohan, will will MJ sign off on this? Wait, the guy who was a pest against my Tar Heels? AJ Griffin, the Duke guy? I'm going to trade two first-round draft picks to get that guy? I don't know about that. Michael has a history, after all. Seems to have a pattern, some of the guys that he takes in the draft. The Hornets should package those picks together to get into the top six or seven. That's what they need to do. You have 13, you have 15, figure out a way to do it. You're no longer in the wait and see phase, the wait and develop guys phase. You've told us that loud and clear. On Twitter, at WSJS Sports, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. BDOT's going to be in studio later this hour at 3.30 before BDOT steps in studio. So I'm telling you, sometime between now and 3.30, we're going to be giving away another pair of Smashing Pumpkins tickets. If you want to see Smashing Pumpkins, checks watch. A week from now in Greensboro, this is what you're listening for to win. That's White Oak Amphitheater, Greensboro, a week from now. The next time you hear that sound, that's your cue to call in at 336-777-1600. Will Dalton is taking your calls as the executive producer of this show. How about we talk about the actual basketball game we saw last night? In game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics and Heat, they went back and forth for the first two and a half quarters. Right until we got to the back end of the third quarter. This was the stretch of the game Miami won it because it was the point that Miami, pun intended, the Heat, turned up the temperature on the place to a point where the Celtics were uncomfortable. Jimmy Butler dragged the game into the mud, and he turned it into a fist fight right where he wanted it to be. It was 76-73, five minutes left to go in the third quarter, and that's when things flipped. That's where a 20-3 to run started. And during that 20-3 run, Miami attempted 15 free throws. (laughs) Boston, meanwhile, missed, during this stretch, six straight shots, a ton of them from three. They didn't even want to go in the paint anymore out of fear that they might get socked in the face or an elbow thrown their way. And it took Boston out of their game. They didn't make a field goal for seven and a half minutes, starting with that made shot at, I think, the 453 mark of the third quarter. That's what ended the game. I get Boston with some shots for Peyton Pritchard. It looked close towards the end that they were within striking distance, but the game was essentially sealed at that point when Miami decided to turn it into a slugfest. And this was smart by Spolstra. Boston didn't have its two toughest guys. A minute after we got off the air yesterday... We saw the Shams report that Marcus Smart and Al Horford were going to miss the game. Those are the two toughest guys on Boston's roster. So if you're Miami, Jimmy Butler, you're thinking, all right, let's make this a whoever's the toughest guy in the room's going to win the game type of night. That's what they did. It looked like Boston was playing on the third game in five days in three different cities when you got towards the fourth quarter of that game. That's what changed the basketball game. And now, game two, that's going to be a strong indicator, a very strong indicator. If Boston splits things, which if you're the road team going into a playoff series, best of seven, your goal is to take game one or game two. doesn't have to be both. You need to take game one or game two to get home court advantage back. That could completely split, uh, flip the series. I think Boston is still a more talented version of Miami when they're at full strength. But that's the thing. Do you know if you're going to get Horford back from health and safety protocols by Thursday? Is it going to be like David Posternock or whoever it was? No, it was Charlie McAvoy. In the Boston Bruins series against the Hurricanes, where they had to fly him on a private plane late, give him a car service to get to the arena in time? Maybe. Do you get Marcus Smart back, who was wearing a really sweet Miami Vice-style shirt last night and some shorts 
there on the bench. If Miami wins game two on Thursday, I think we're looking at a a seven-game series. I think both these conference finals are going to be really good. I do. I don't think either are going to be routes, especially now that we're talking about these losses that Boston's had, Horford and Smart that are significant players. If Miami wins the first two, we could be looking at seven, and tonight we have the start of the Western Conference Finals, Warriors and Mavs. That could be a very good series as well. I need the advice of a professional. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. I'll give D-Dot credit. He has one of the best smiles out there. And the reason why is he goes to the dentist, but he texted me that his dentist appointment went a bit long. He'll be here just in a few minutes. And he's excited about the surprise that I teased. Apparently, I'm pretty good at this radio thing. Even teasing folks that are coming on the show will reveal that surprise to B-Dot in just a few minutes when he's in here. Tonight, we've been talking about it. Western Conference Finals, it's Golden State and it's Dallas. The way that this is being talked about is funny to me, Will. It seems like everybody's writing off the Mavs. Right after they just blew out Phoenix by a ton in Game 7 on the road. Nah. That's Steph Curry, though, and that's Steve Kerr and Draymond and Clay Thompson. You're not going to win that series. I would not write off the Mavericks. This looks like a seven-game series to me. Dallas just beat the best team in the league. And when you do that, who else is out there that you can't beat? It's almost like you become the top team. Remember when North Carolina beat Baylor and the Tar Heels were the number one or the Baylor Bears were the number one team in that region? When North Carolina wins that game, suddenly they feel like the number one team in the bracket. And they played like it. And they got to the Final Four. Or how about the Cincinnati Bengals? When they played Tennessee, who had the best record in the AFC. Won that game. Then go into Kansas City, who's often been compared to the Golden State Warriors with the type of style that they play and how much fun Patrick Mahomes is and how he slings it sideways and does things in a different way. Cincinnati gets to the Super Bowl. It almost feels like it's been the year of the postseason dark horse. And you want me to write off Luka Doncic? This matchup doesn't feel a heck of a lot different than Phoenix. Each team, Phoenix and Golden State, have an aging, undersized point guard running the show. I expect Jason Kidd to be physical with Steph. That to be the strategy to try and wear him down. And see what happens. Like Phoenix, Golden State, not that big. And Dallas, last I checked, has the best player on the floor in this series. Am I wrong on that? If I gave you one player in this series, Snake Draft, would you take Luka or Steph first? I'm going to go Luka. I'm taking Luka too. Give me that guy. Let's talk about that. And let's also talk about the fact this is not the dominant Warriors team. We haven't had the crazy Steph Curry, let's hit 12 threes in a game yet. And Klay Thompson isn't the same dude after two devastating injuries that he's had. Now, he's still really good. Still an all-NBA caliber player. But defensively, he's not the same. He's not a guy who's going to lock you down so much anymore. And when you look at the standings, Dallas only won. One less game than Golden State did in the regular season. And they took two out of three against the Warriors in the regular season. Some people say the regular season doesn't matter at all. I'm not one of those people. I think it's going to be a seven-game series. And I'm going to take... I'm still going to take the Warriors. But I'm not going to be a fool and write off the Dallas Mavericks. Not by any means am I going to do that. Got a show announcement here. I don't know how this is going to go. BDOT has been on this show for years to the point where we're so close. Did you know this, Will, that BDOT's going to be a groomsman in my wedding? Heard, heard it around a little bit. A month ago, a month from today, I'm going to be getting married 
Will Dalton, B-Dot is going to be in that wedding as a groomsman, in case you didn't know. Which means I'm probably going to have to take some days this summer for a honeymoon and wedding. And next Friday, for example, thanks to Bob Ryan, I'm going up to Boston and getting to watch the Orioles play the Red Sox. And that's going to be like a bachelor weekend that I've been talking about a little bit here on the show. But who's going to be hosting the show, Josh? The show's got to go on. And we decided for the first time. B-Dot is going to be hosting this show. Yeah, he is. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what's going to happen. I This is as honest as I can make it. I know it'll be good. I know it'll be entertaining. By the end of it, Tom Hamilton might bring him one of those like massive sacks of money that has the money sign on the side of it, like you see in the cartoons, begging B-Dot not to leave when I try to come back. That might happen. Who knows? I just want to know what that sounds like. Me More too. than anything else, I just want to know what that sounds like. B dot hosting the show. That's going to happen next week. <laughs> uh, can you do grammar school without both of us here? I don't know. I mean, can you? Right? I, I might feel cheated on. If we did that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do it without you. How would you feel in the audience? 336-777-1600 about a B-Dot-hosted show next week. Well, regardless of how you feel about it, it's going to happen. It is happening. It, it's going to happen. God, I can't wait. Uh, I would say I can't wait, but I'm not probably going to listen to it live. I'm probably mm. going to be busy. Just but a little. I can't wait to see how it goes because I love my guy B-Dot. And I, I also love this show quite a bit and like to see good things happen to it. And hopefully we don't get taken off the air based on what happens in those three hours. That's all the hope and expectation. So that is next Friday that the guy who just stepped into the studio. Let me see those teeth. Look at those teeth. My guy's looking, he's looking good. And I think. B-Dot hasn't even noticed the surprise yet. I do see this big, what is this, a Nintendo 64? We got an N64 plugged up in the studio now. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers right here. Hey, listen, um, I just want to apologize for my tardiness once again, but... No, no, your teeth are clean, though. They already took the brackets off, man. Like, I got, I'm going to get my permanent retainer tomorrow, man. You I had feel brackets great. in your mouth? Well, yeah, like on my Invisalign, they were straightening my, my top portion because I have a permanent retainer on my bottom, but not on my top. So when I got my braces off, my top started to shift again. What's That's your go-to man. game in... Uh... Well, I already N64. told you. I don't, you I don't play. play no, N64? I didn't play N64. I told you that. So, but but like I'm a, I'm a gamer. So like whatever you pick, I'm gonna smash you. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah. You, are you familiar though with yeah. Super Smash Bros, where you get to choose characters? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it a, a time or two. Such as like Yoshi. I'm going or, Yoshi every time. No, that's who I am. I'm I was going Yoshi. See, I'm I've I'm always Yoshi. Will Dalton, how did it go earlier today when we first set this thing up? Uh. The first game, not so good, but the second game, I started to figure it out. What, what did it end up as in both those games? You winning and yeah. me not. So yeah. what? That's because you went with Yoshi. Everybody knows that Yoshi is the best character on there, but I'm going to go DK. How, right. why, why isn't mine even... Uh, you got to use the, the joystick there, not... Oh. There you go. So now you're dragging this thing. Mario! Yeah. You're going to be D Donkey Kong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why not? Okay, so we'll we'll get some... So by the end of B Dot's appearance today, yeah. we will have completed one round of Super Smash Bros. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And I, you know, I'm confident that Dot's gonna have some success because again, kind of like LeBron was talking about, I can't skate, but Tom, if we were doing a shootout style in hockey, five five shots, I I'll figure out a way for my knees to score. What's up? That's you gotta have that confidence in life, folks. Like, you always say yes, and then you figure out the rest on the back end. That's how I was always taught. What okay? type of video games did you play? I liked Sega back in the night, Nintendo, PlayStation, of course, Dreamcast, you know, things like that. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a PlayStation guy, though. Like, when you do PS3 or I Xbox, like, I'm, I'm PlayStation. Did you play Crash under. Bandicoot? I did. That was my game. Yeah, I like Sonic the Hedgehog, like Sonic, and then with Tails. Like Spyro the Dragon? Never. Played Shinobi, then on Nintendo Contra, like, stuff like that. That's how I get down. What do you think a show, the drive with B-Dot, would sound like? 
Oh man, <laughs> it'll probably be very... like next week. We're gonna get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dr- drive with B dot. What yeah, does yeah. that sound like? I have no clue. How do I see? That's that's what I'm wondering. I have no clue. I've have never no done I- my own sports show before, Josh. Like <laughs> I did 17 years of hip hop uh, radio, where I always had radio to bail me out. And a sports show is just you here talking, bro, for like three hours about your point of view. I don't know if these people give a damn about my point of view enough to hold them for three hours. No, nah, man, but you're entertaining. I'm gonna need your help, Will. Maybe we'll just chop it up the whole time. How about that? Yeah, yeah. But I'm but see, like the difference. Well, I don't know if it's a difference, but you don't do it as much. But I like talking to the listeners. Like I like want I want I'm gonna want people to call up and like to give me their side so I can debate back and forth with them. Or if they agree, we can talk about how great that opinion was that I just had or stuff like that. Like I'm I'm gonna be heavy on the phones over there, Will. Yeah. Heavy. And I think you guys are aligned in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, we're tar heels. Absolutely. It's not just yep. that. Like I feel like from a sports perspective, yeah. the things that you're into, Will's into quite a bit. That's what's up. So you don't hear that out in Radio Land? Yeah, next Friday we'll be getting you in here. Yeah, except, hold us down. Except B Dot's seen a lot more movies than you have. Oh yeah, a lot more movies. Yeah, but I bet he won't give me as much grief about it as you do. Definitely won't. Yeah, like see, that's Josh. Josh likes to sit up on his movie high horse and oh, look down. It's not a high horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's we're like, oh, no, yes. we just haven't seen the movie. Like, oh, you cares? haven't seen Forrest Gump. Who hasn't seen Forrest Gump? Will? Okay, no, he's seen. No, Forrest. I, Jesus Christ! He I didn't was, see Anchorman until last week. I mean, you know, like these. Yeah. I'm not saying like artsy fartsy movies. Oh yeah, I've like, never seen the Notebook. You, you haven't seen Midnight in Paris. No. How mm. how original? Never no, I, I'm talking about like the best movies ever uh. that most normal people have seen. If that's being harsh, then you know what? Sometimes people need to be harsh. Hey, tough love, baby. That's, that's what, what I'm I, saying. That's what it's all about. It is love, though. It oh, is I know love. it is. Okay, so we've got grammar school to do. We do, and and we're going to talk about the NBA draft lottery. How it shook out last night. Don't care. It's only one person I want at 13. It's only one person I want at 13. B-Dot will tell us who that Woo. player is, and we'll play Grammar School next. Hey, hey, it's all the commotion. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. If you can't be at least mildly interesting, then shut the hell up. On WSJS Sports. Well, I'm a, and my $100 bill is- I think about a movie every time I hear this song. Of course you do. You think of Papa Doc. That's right. He's got two great parents. His they real name's a, Clarence. They had a real good man. <laughs> Here you go. Will knows that movie. See? I knew that one. Impressed by that, actually. So, I smoked B-Dot in Super Smash Bros. Yeah, right. Now was, we're switching nah, to... Nah, nah, nah. Tell it real, man. I was over there wearing your ass out. Then somebody came with a hammer, and next thing you know, I got knocked off the cliff a couple times, and then... You died three times. I had not died once. But that wasn't... But but when, when me and you were right there in each other's face, who was giving who the business? Got it. Yeah. So we got... Yeah, now we it. plugged in... Will's got the footage? WCW NWO. That footage is going to go up on our social media page. We now got pro wrestling in here. Oh. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan came out with NWO? NWO? Oh, my God. That was the equivalent of, like, Santa Claus, like, turning into the Grinch and stealing all the Christmas gifts. Oh, my gosh. The graphics on this thing is unbelievable. Look at that. Wow. What are y'all playing now? So we're playing wrestling now. Okay. I can blitz. Who are you going to be? I might do Hollywood Hogan. I'm going to be Scott Hall. So I'll be Hollywood Hogan here. Rest in peace to the OG. Oh, we need to make it two players. Oh, they got Lex Luger. Have you seen Lex Luger recently? I haven't. Gosh. Tough. You would not believe that he was the guy who used to put people on his back and put them in the torture rack. I'll tell you that. Now let's get to grammar school. Oh, we're doing that, aren't we? That's right. Hmm. Where we, this might be the most fun that we have each and every week. Let's play the game. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. What's happening? Welcome back to another episode of Grammar School, where we have three words or phrases for Josh Graham that are from the urban vernacular. And if Josh Graham gets two or more correct, 
he does get a satisfactory grade. Now, I do remember, Josh Graham, you only get to use one lifeline. That's right. Right, only one lifeline. So if someone calls in um, 336-777-1600 and you would like to be a lifeline for Josh Graham, you can call right now and we'll WD. He'll answer the phone. You can chop it up with him. But this is season two of Grammar School, which means Josh Graham has a caucastic word for me. I do. This is an assist from DJ, who is our head of operations here in the studio. Ah, DJ, that's my guy. What is a thingamajig? Oh, a thingamajig is a noun. It's anything. A thingamajig is anything. When somebody says the word thingamajig. Yeah, they have no clue what it is. That is correct. Yeah, it's a thingamajig. That's right. Grab me the thingamajig from under the uh, sink. When you don't know what something is. It's a thingamajig. It's a thingamajig. <laughs> yeah. Or a thingy. Nah, it's nah, definitely it's a, a thingamajig. How do you spell thingamajig? Oh, let me guess. I have no idea. Okay, write this asking. down. Let me let me look it up. I'm okay, thingamajig. Oh, oh, this is easy. Thinga, thingamajig. This is simple. Are you ready for me? Sure. Pause. Thingamajig. T-H-I-N-G-A-M-A. J-I-G. That is correct. <laughs> hey, man, third grade spelling bee chant right here, folks. Don't you ever Thingamajig, forget Thingamajig, a noun. It's an actual word. I said it was a noun. In Didn't I say Ameri- that? It's in the Oxford American Dictionary. Thingamajig. Used to refer to or address a person or a thing whose name has been forgotten, does not know, or does not wish to mention. That is a thingamajig. Woo. All right. That. I what told you it was a noun. the first that we spelled have? Spelled it. Like, that was, that's three points. That was amazing. For you, Josh, because we're sitting here playing Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. right? Like, I was a teen in the 90s, right? I was a teenager in the 90s. It was a great time. That's when we were playing the 64 and stuff. Look at, look at those graphics, Josh Graham. Look at that. They are graphics. Oh, my gosh. Nevertheless, in the 90s, what was chocolate tie and endo, Josh Graham? Chocolate tie? And endo. And endo. Mm-hmm. There's a rap song that prominently features Indo. Does it? Would you happen to know that song or how the how the um the, the, the line goes? Let me see if I can remember. Is it Gin and Juice that has that song? I don't know. About I'm asking Indo? you. I'm asking you. I don't remember. Come on, Josh Graham. I don't remember. You don't remember the song? You don't remember the line, or you don't you don't remember what I Indo think is? it's in well, clearly, I don't know what Indo is right now, mm-hmm. but I think it was in Gin and Juice mm-hmm. in the 90s. Where at? Start singing Gin and Juice. Let's go. I'm not going to do that. Rolling down the street. Come on. Where does it go? Something Indo. Sipping on Gin yeah. and Juice. Lay back. With my mind on my what? Money. And my what on my what? Money on my mind. There we go, Jasper. Yeah. So Indo is in that song. Mm-hmm. No clue what it is. 336-777-1600. This guy is a buffoon. Come on! Will has no clue either. By the, yeah, this is the first time that I cannot be a lifeline for you. <laughs> yeah. 777-1600. Chocolate versus Indo? Chocolate tie. Oh, chocolate tie. Yeah, chocolate tie. Like chocolate tie, and then you got Indo. And when you say tie, it's T-I-E, right? Absolutely not. Oh, so Chocolate Tie is a person. No, 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 no. Well, Chocolate Tie was a person. He was a rapper, too. Okay. But this isn't who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. I'm just giving you a lot of facts here <laughs> yeah. with your questions without not, giving you the answer. not really healthy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually think Tie okay. is spelled T-A-I, I think. I'm going to say Chocolate Tie Indo is a style it's an alcoholic beverage alcoholic beverage yes absolutely not okay yeah it's rolling down the street smoking indo See, i thought it was sipping, sipping on endo. gin and juice yeah yeah endo was a strand of weed and chocolate tie was a strand of weed See, chocolate tie was more in if you don't know guess i tell you that every time i tell you that every time i know you do but <laughs> when i say it out loud it sounds racist <laughs> yes it does here's your second word if a young lady has a BBL, oh no! What did she get? 
Oh, what does she get? Yes. If she got a BBL, what did she get? Is the FCC going to have any problem with me talking about what a BBL is? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Because I don't think it's um like a bacon, lettuce, like situation like a here. blt yeah no a bbl has nothing to do with the blt I, think you're not. <laughs> I mean a little bit maybe 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 i could i could figure out a way to make a bbl and a blt you know sort of the same if you figure it out i'll tell you how they are the same three three six seven 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 one six hundred will i'm gonna use you as a lifeline right. unless somebody else can i believe he's referring to a brazilian Oh, I heard this on my Peloton ride this morning. Of course you heard. Where people were talking about it. What? Yeah, like a a guy who's from Greensboro named Cody Rigsby was talking about it on my Peloton ride this morning. What did Cody Rigsby say about a BBL? Talk about Brazilian butt lifts. What about them? That they make your butt really big. (laughs) Why was he talking about it on your Peloton ride? Apparently when you, you know, the Peloton, it makes, it's like a good workout for your glutes. If you get a BBL. Or just like a general, oh. I think it was, why get a BBL when you can get a Peloton? Exactly. Hmm. It costs about the same. Was the Is that right? I don't know. Ask me, give me your final answer. My final answer is what he said, a Brazilian butt lift. That is 100% correct. Yes! A BBL is a Brazilian butt lift, Joshua Graham. It hey. costs about five to $9,000 down in Miami. I've heard that, that I've heard of BBLs before. Yeah. I heard that like you can't sit down for oh. like four to six weeks after you get one. You got to sit down on a boppy. You Which know sounds boppy terrible. Is? Yeah, it's like one of those, um, like a half of a circle, and you just have to, and it, but it's soft, and you have to sit on that joint in your car and everything. Okay, so I got one wrong. Yeah. Got one right. Yeah, and you have no more lifelines. No more lifelines. So when I ask you what's a slat, oh no, S L A T T. Oh, two T's. Yeah, two T's and slat. Um, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> What's well, s- let me grab my controller here <laughs> and pull up, see what Hollywood Hogan's uh, up to. I'm going to be Hollywood Hogan. You can pick your character wait, here's, here if you Here's want a to. clue. Here's a clue that could get you the right answer. Oh, I'm going to go a different division here. I might do Kevin Oh, I might Nash go Kevin Nash. Ah, yeah, I might go Kevin Nash. If you go Sting. Kevin Nash. I'm, that's what I said. I'm going to go Sting if you go Kevin no, Nash. I'm going to do Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, brother, macho man. I didn't know they had the macho man. <laughs> he takes his glasses off and he spins around. Ooh, he throws his hands in the air for the people. Macho man, yeah. close family friend of Don't ours. Don't you ever tell us that story again. Slats, S-L-A-T-T. Do you know or do you remember what slime is? What a slime is? Do you remember that? Because slime and slat are synonymous. Oh, I do remember us talking about slime. See? A slime. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's very interesting that you would say what one of your um, favorite songs was to get you turned up. Like, not Nuck If You Buck, but the other one that you said when we were listening to you earlier today. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mo Bamba? Nope. That does get me fired up. Super Gremlin is the other go. one. There okay. we go. There we go. Oh, yeah, because, like, slime, hmm? that that is featured in the song hmm. that he's talking about. Hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> my slime, my slat, my wody, my partner. It's my, my it's friend. like a homie? That's like my a homie, friend. yes, oh. man, my slat. My slat. And you'll see a lot of people when they say slat, they'll put their finger under their nose like this. And do that thumbs down. It's really gang talk that I'm telling you. It's really gang, super gang affiliated. Well, what I'm telling you, telling you right now. That. Yeah, but if you're in the club, you see somebody say slap, do that pop. You know, probably some gang talk going on. That's right. But that's their homie with them. I'll be sure to know how to communicate. Give me something right there, slap. Did not win grammar school this week. Yep, you look like me on um on that stupid Mario Kart game. Super Smash Bros. That's what I meant. I'm going Scott Hall. That's what I said. I was going. sorry. Where do we fire up that blitz? Yeah, the blitz wasn't working. We as, was trying, man. That's my game, too. Gosh, man. Who was the player that you want for the Charlotte Hornets at number 13? You said there's one guy you want them to take at 13. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> did I... Did, did you stutter at all? No, I said... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, you mean 
Mark Williams? Mm. That guy. Mm. Where'd he go to school? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Strangely enough, the I hate to say that as a Tar Heel fan, but Why? gosh, because he's a Duke guy for God's sakes. But Mark Williams will be perfect, perfect in Charlotte. He's exactly what they need. A big that's athletic, that rebounds. He doesn't want to score a lot, but he can, but he fin well, he can't score a lot, but he doesn't want to score a lot, but he can finish around the rim. You need a rim protector and somebody that likes to catch oops to run with bridges and to run with my uh, uh mellow. And that is the perfect freaking play- player. But at seven two, I don't think he's gonna be there at thirteen. I think he'll be there at thirteen. Oh, that'd be lit. I hope we can get him, and then the second round get Brady. Oh, Miss Elizabeth in this game. Brady Bird. Well, you know, you know that uh, Macho Man used to clap them cheeks. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that information. Uh, who do you think should be the number one pick? Um, I don't know. I guess they're going to go with Paolo, but I don't think they will. You don't think they'll go Paolo? I think that's the one guy they won't go. Really? Because they got Jalen Suggs and they got Cole. They got like more. Two. They have Wagner. So Wagner, he showed a lot last year, and I think this is my expectation. The top three picks will be some combination of Chet, Paolo, and Jabari Smith. And since they're probably not going to go Paolo at one, it'll be either Chet or Jabari Smith to Orlando. So what, that puts Chet in Houston, possibly? I think that Chet's not going to get past OKC. Mm. I think if I had to guess... yeah. Chet is at the top of OKC's board. And Paulo, actually, I have no idea who's at the top of Houston's. But Orlando, I'd be surprised if they go Paulo. So the there's a chance Chet could be the number one pick or Jabari. Not based on skill set, and I'm not educated enough to even hold this type of a conversation in depth, but the top three teams, like none of those teams, OKC, Houston, or Orlando, needs Paulo or needs that position. Am I tripping? No, I think, but it's like it's like insane. Like people, if I if I if I was to say that Paolo is going to be a top three draft pick, people would think I'm hating by saying that. I don't think that. I think he should be a number one overall draft pick with the right team. But just like you said, like with Orlando, he doesn't fit in what they're doing. It doesn't appear. Well, I think when it comes to those top three guys, where there's not so much separation between them, you can be picky when it comes to who's a better fit. But then once you are the third team. You take whoever the third guy left is because in this draft, ultimately, you want to just take the best player. Right. You want to take the best player regardless of fit. If it's close, then you start talking about fit. That's why I don't think, is, is Chet Holmgren the best fit for Oklahoma City? Maybe not, but I think he's the best guy on their board and would be the best situation for him to go into. Hmm. Uh, it's like with Charlotte. I don't know if LaMelo Ball was the best fit for Charlotte at the time. Yes, he was. But he was the best player on the board. He was the best player on the board. And it gets to a point where you have to do that. And that draft was a perfect example of that, where you had the top three guys. It was Edwards. It was Wiseman. It was LaMelo. They were going to go in that in, in some order. One, two, three. We just didn't know. And it feels a lot like that draft this year. A regular little chatterbox. Already talking a mile a minute. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Some Duke basketball news. Joey Baker has entered the transfer portal. This is the interesting part. Two things. The timing of this kind of strange everybody was under the understanding he was going to come back even on senior day when he would have been recognized as a senior but wasn't because everybody kind of got it Joey Baker's not done playing college basketball so all the attention was on coach K but this is the interesting piece of the release Will Dalton Joey Baker entering the portal. Usually when you see these press releases, it has a quote from the coach. Who do you think is quoted in it? Uh, Shire. You would think. Yeah. Coach K is quoted. Coach K, quote, It's been an absolute pleasure having Joey in our program. 
He's been a joy to coach and a great team leader. I'm thrilled he will be earning a degree from one of the great institutions of the world. I wish the best to him. Well, why didn't John Shire just say that? And it's easy to say, well, Coach K coached him. Well, so did John Shire. Shire's there too. I thought when you're done coaching, you're done putting your name on these press releases. You know, I I had a feeling you're about to say that Coach K was the one that said this. Well, we did. It's on the Duke social media account. Coach K. He's quoted in it. So he's going to transfer, play somewhere else. Joey Baker also quoted in the story, too. And this is interesting. In the release, it said, head coach Mike Krzyzewski was the one to say these things. Head coach. But I thought you're the former head coach. John Shire's the head coach now. Interesting release all around. And a lot of people are having fun with that on social media. Coach K, really gone? He's still got his office there. He's still being referred to in releases as the head coach. His name's still being put on statements. Fascinating stuff. I promise to hand out some bets here, so that's what we're going to do. PGA Championship this week. I've got three bets to hand out. I have a best value pick. Like, if you want a, a shot to win and you want to get a decent payout in doing so, that's a guy, I'll give you a guy to look at there. A long shot that's greater than 50 to 1 odds. And then my actual pick to win the tournament. The best value pick is Shane Lowry. 31 to 1 odds. He's been a top 5 ball striker this year. You wouldn't think it, but he has. And usually, that's a good indicator on how you perform in some of these tournaments. Shane Lowry tied for third at the Masters. Shane Lowry tied for third at the RBC Heritage. Also, he's Irish. Why does that matter, Josh? He's, he's used to bad playing conditions. You heard yesterday, we had Curtis Strange on. Curtis is like, it's probably not going to be great weather this week. You know who that benefits? European players like Shane Lowry. So at 31 to 1, I really like Shane Lowry as a value pick. That is my first bet that we're handing out here. Put some money on it. Next up, long shot. I'm going to go with the Demon Deacon, Cameron Young. 75 to 1 odds. Here's what I like. My man crushes it off the tee. His average drive off the tee, 315 yards. Will, what's your average drive off the tee? Probably not even half. Well, I, I have no clue. Probably about half of that. Probably less not. Less than. This year he has three runner-up finishes. 75 to 1 odds? Cameron Young. This guy crushes it. That's a good long shot. My pick to wins, John Rahm. I think it's going to be a front-runners tournament. I think one of these six guys will win it. Put some money on it. Take. Oh, yeah, that's for Cameron Young. Shout out. I think Scheffler, Rahm, Spieth, Morikawa, Cantlay, or Hovland. Those are the guys who are, I think, I would be surprised if one of those guys didn't win the tournament. And even though I'm not big on betting favorites, and John Rahm is a co-favorite. I think he's the best golfer in the world. I think he maneuvers well through bad weather and wind, just like he did at Torrey Pines last year. I think John Rahm's going to win the thing. And I think what it surprised me, if you look at a double-digit under-par performance, I think that's possible, too, even though we haven't seen a champ in double figures under par at Southern Hills. It doesn't strike me, unlike what the USGA puts together, that... The PGA cares so much if guys shoot really low scores. We know they care at the USGA. I don't think they care so much at the PGA Championship. I don't think the greens are going to be that wicked hard, based on what I'm reading. The wind's what you worry about. But if you get some rain in there and the course gets soft, 
I think you're gonna, you're going to see some people go real low. Wouldn't surprise me if you see a 65 or a 64 on some days. Put some money on it. Best value is Shane Lowry, 30, 31 to one. Long shots, Cam Young at seventy five to one. And my pick to win the tournament is John Rahm. Put some money on, on it. On Twitter at WSGS Sports three three six seven 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 one six hundred. The phone number we've got Austin Cendrick that's going to join the show in five minutes. And if you don't know who Austin Cendrick is, what an interesting story he is. So he's a rookie on the Cup Series, and his first Cup Series race, first up as a full time Cup Series racer, he wins the Daytona five hundred, the biggest race you can win. Now, he also, like many of these guys, grew up in the state of North Carolina in Concord. And so he's going to race in the Coca-Cola 600, not this weekend, but next weekend, a Memorial Day weekend. I bet you that means a lot to him, especially when you consider that that weekend has been a lot to his family over the decades. His dad is the president of Penske Motorsports, Tim Sendrick, and his grandfather, once upon a time, had the winning car at the Indianapolis 500, another Memorial Day staple. Memorial Day Sunday. So we'll talk to him about all of that. Also, there's a story out there that apparently he seemed to be the tall boy in NASCAR. He stands at like six foot three. So Keystone Light is releasing a beer can that stands at exactly six foot three that they're going to unveil at the race in Texas. Later on this week. So that's a lot of fun. Shifting things to hockey. The Carolina Hurricanes. Got game one tonight against the Rangers. And I think they set the tone from Jump Street tonight. The Rangers might just be happy to be here. Remember, they were down three games to one in the first round. And the only reason they came back was because Crosby got dinged up. They didn't even get great goaltending play from the guy who's receiving Hart Trophy votes, probably going to win the Vezina for best goalie of the year. That's uh, Shisterkin, their goaltender. The Canes, meanwhile, have owned the Rangers. They won three out of the four meetings this year. The one that they lost, the Rangers actually had their backup goalie in there, which is interesting. And the Canes won a series against New York just a couple years ago in the bubble. That was the best two out of three. I think the Canes are a lot better. Well, I know the Canes were a lot better than they were then. And the Rangers might actually be worse than they were at that time. Tony D'Angelo was on the team at that point. There was a goal in the bubble that was whew, quite the goal that the Canes had with D'Angelo having a low moment in his career. Carolina's also not lost a home game yet. I don't know if you're keeping score of these things, but the Canes are 4-0 at PNC Arena. And I think they're going to handle their business tonight. Game one, Canes are going to win. And I think the Canes are going to win both their games at home. I think they're going to win one in New York in Madison Square Garden. They might even get the sweep. Who knows? Five-game series. That's what I have written down here. Canes in five. And they got a break last night. If they want home ice in the Eastern Conference Finals, it has to be Tampa, not Florida. Florida's given Carolina a lot of issues. Tampa, 4-1 to one winners in Game 1 against the Florida Panthers. So, that's of note. Colorado went to overtime. Still found a way to win. They're, they're still unbeaten. A lot of interesting stuff going on in hockey right now. But I don't think this series is going to be all that interesting. I think the Canes will take care of business. Now, if you've been listening the last few weeks, and I know a lot of you have and have kept tabs on how good some of my picks have been, some how bad some of my takes have been, you might remember I thought the Canes-Boston series was going to be a five-game series. Oh, it's not going to be any worse than that. and It ended up being a seven-game series. I don't think the Rangers are as good as Boston is. I really don't. So give me the Canes. They're going to win this series. Some are worried that me just picking the Canes is a problem because I said I was concerned about the Canes going into Game 7 and they won. 
nah, I'm going to be truthful. I'm not that concerned about the Rangers. Daytona 500 champion Austin Sendrick will join the show next on The Drive. A man is a lunatic. Smells like a gym bag. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Don't look now. But Memorial Day, right around the corner. Not this weekend, but next. And that means Coca-Cola 600 is upon us. Tickets available, charlottemotorspeedway.com. And we're now being joined by the driver of the number two Ford Mustang, Austin Sendrick, who you know earlier this year as the champion of the Daytona 500. He's a rookie. So tell me this, Austin. You're a rookie on the Cup Series, and you've spent a lot of time here in the state of North Carolina. So what will running in the 600 mean to you? Well, it'll be a new experience for me, honestly, um, in general, uh, whether that's being entered in the race, um, being able to experience the festivities, you know, obviously Memorial Day weekend, you know, whether if you're at the Indy 500 or the Coke 600, the the, the uh, emphasis put on you know, our, our men and women and, 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 you know, why that weekend is so special. Um, I, I think that's what makes those events so powerful and so much of an impact for race fans and uh, obviously, it's a great time uh, throughout the country. So, um, definitely excited to, to experience that at the Coke 600. You know, it's one of our you know marquee races in NASCAR. So, uh, I, I know how packed out Charlotte Motor Speedway gets when um, we race in October. You know, during the Roval or even in Bank of America 500. So, I'm excited to see uh, how many people show up for for one of the biggest races. You mentioned the Indy 500. Your grandfather once fielded the winning car in the Indy 500 back in the 80s. Your dad is the president of uh, Penske Motorsports. So what was your earliest memory of Memorial Day weekend that day of the Indy 500 and also the Coca-Cola 600? Yeah, so for for me, this will actually be the first time I haven't been in Indy um, during the month of May for, for a 500. You know, even when I've raced on Saturdays, I've been able to get up there and go experience that. You know, it's, it's a race my dad normally works, so we kind of make a family trip out of it and um, by the time the race is over, we'll turn on and watch the Coke 600 till its conclusion. And uh, it's kind of going to be the opposite now. I'll be watching the 500 from from the racetrack on on Sunday, and then be able to to, to try and do our part and get get a car in victory lane. Hopefully, uh, for the second time that day for Roger Penske. You know, it's obviously a a big race for them up in Indy, and um, equally as big of a race for us uh, down down here in Charlotte on the NASCAR side. Austin Sendrick with us here, driver of the number two Ford Mustang. Tickets available for the. Coca-Cola 600, charlottemotorspeedway.com. Now, because even though this is the first time you are driving in the 600, you are familiar with Charlotte Motor Speedway. I was given this tip going into today, Austin, that five years ago today, you had an eventful high school graduation day that involved Charlotte Motor Speedway. What exactly happened? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I graduated high school in, in 2017, and... Um, I, I, I went to school in Concord and I walked off, you know, got my diploma and got in my car, drove to Charlotte Motor Speedway, qualified my truck, raced the truck race that night. <laughs> and I haven't been back to high school since, but, um, yeah, I graduated the same day I raced at Charlotte during the truck race. It also happened to be my mom's birthday. So, um, just a, the, the trifecta, if you will. Uh, but it was a pretty cool day. Almost had a good race, uh, led a few laps, uh, ended up finishing not where I wanted to, but uh, anyway, it was a pretty pretty wild day. How has race racing in the Cup Series, and I guess even the Xfinity and the other levels as well, changed the relationship you and your dad have, uh, Tim Sendrick being the president of Penske Motorsports? Yeah, it's obviously the elephant in the room for in a, in a lot of ways. You know, obviously in, you, you could look at him and say that he's my boss. And I think that, you know, earlier on in my career that, that certainly – made things, you know, not challenging, but certainly added a new dynamic, not just for, for me or even, you know, how I'm perceived by my competitors or, um, but, but it, for me, the only, the only thing that's I've, I've been careful with is, you know, how does it affect the people that, you know, work on my race cars and, and, you know, put the effort into, to try and be the best. And, and I think over the years, you know, running an extreme team and uh, being able to, to, to build, you know, my career through those cars, obviously great equipment and, 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 for, for, for me to kind of be able to be part of the team now, not just, you know, uh, you know, my, my dad's son, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're in this together as a race team. And I think that's how we all see it now. And, uh, I, I certainly know that's, that's how Roger sees it. So, and I also know 
with a lot of confidence that, you know, Roger Penske wouldn't put anyone in his car that he didn't think was capable of winning because that's, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. So uh, I, I certainly have a comfort level with it. But, you know, when I was racing Xfinity, you know, I think he could kind of keep an arm's length away, my, my dad that is, an arm's length away from kind of what we were doing uh, on the Xfinity side because it's obviously not top-level series. But now, you know, I'm racing the Cup Series. You know, that's, there's there's no higher level in the Cup Series. So I, I'll walk into meetings, and he's in there. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? The root, the root <laughs> kind of, of what you're – It's kind of funny, honestly. It's just, oh, see you at dinner tonight. Like <laughs> – the root of what you're saying, Austin, is very relatable. Like When I played high school soccer, and I was pretty good, my dad was an assistant coach, and there was nothing that fired me up more than people in my class and such saying, oh, my playing time was dependent on the fact that my dad was the coach. That's what fueled me. And I can't even imagine what it's like at your level. But you tell me, how how much does that the, the suggestion of nepotism fuel you at all? Uh, I don't think it does. I mean, you certainly listen to it, and, and like I said, I, I think the only the only times that I uh, generate concern about it, you know, I'm a I'm a very internally motivated person. Um, I'm not very externally motivated or intimidated. Um, like I, I know if I do my job and you know I have the pieces in front of me to go do it, we're gonna have a good time, and and, and that's all there really is to it. But um, I, I make sure that it doesn't affect the people that, that work with me and work around me because, you know, that, that's that's the last thing I want is somebody not to either speak their mind, tell me what they want, or um, vice versa. So uh, I think that's very important to have that that trust level, and um, otherwise it's it's kind of just noise uh, in in my head. And I think you look at you know the sport of racing in general. It is certainly a family sport, especially in NASCAR when you've got you know Petties and Earnhardts and and Elliot's and, you know, Blaney's and, you know, the list goes on as far as, you know, the, the family lineage um, that, that, that comes in the sport. So uh, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's only noise if I'm not doing well. Otherwise uh, uh, that's, that's what my job is anyway, to, to do well. So um, that's as far as I get. Yeah. Boy was this past weekend, a special weekend for the petties and it's a special weekend special few weeks around here with North Wilkesboro Speedway getting fired back up. Austin Sendrick with us here. Tickets, find them for the Coca-Cola 600, not this weekend, but next. CharlotteMotorSpeedway.com. Kids 12 and under uh, get in for just, what, $10? That's pretty good with the paying adult. But I think we buried the lead. Let's close with this, Austin. Austin, how tall would you say you are? I am six foot three. Too tall. Too tall to drive race cars. That's what they keep telling me. Is it true, though, that Keystone Light is going to be unveiling a 6'3 tall boy, one that's the size of Austin Sendrick this week. That is that is God's honest truth, and I could not be any more excited to see the 6'3 beer can because uh, <laughs> Keystone obviously has a tall boy, and um, they've, they've nicknamed me their tall boy, and uh, this will be the tallest tall boy, the 6'3 beer can. So I get to see it this weekend at Texas, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to – See what it's all about. I'm sure there'll be a lot of race fans interested if uh, uh, they can they can have a taste. So it's uh, it's pretty 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 spectacular. They did celebrate winning the 500 this year, and excited to see those guys. We're going to have a good time on Friday night. Are you weekend. are you smooth like Keith Stone though? That's what I got to know, Austin. Am I smooth? I, I don't think it's up for me to decide. Okay, that's that's pretty well said. I went to East Maybe Carolina. I, I went to East Carolina, and we we know how to pound a few Keystones. We're about it. How many do you think you could pound in a single sitting? That's a great question that I'm not at liberty to answer. <laughs> yes, the limit doesn't exist. Austin Sendrick, best of luck. Next time we catch up, maybe we'll talk about Columbus and such if you're into Ohio State and things. But we'll save that for next time. How about that? Yeah, sounds great. Peace. Peace to you. Austin Sendrick joining us. He dodged that last question. I don't like that. Yeah, he did. Keystone. I don't even think he knows what I'm talking about. Am I smooth? No, 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 no. I didn't ask if you were smooth. I asked if you were smooth like Keith Stone. Do you get that reference? <laughs> this is not a movie. Oh, it's not? No. Well, what is it then? It's a TV commercial from about a decade ago. Oh, well, I definitely don't remember. Okay. There used to be these Keystone light commercials. Right. And this is... Uh, maybe a little bit more than 10 years ago. I was in college when this was popular, and people would dress up as Keith Stone for Halloween, and you would 
have like the cardboard cutouts of him that people would grab from a gas station or something. Google Keith Stone. See what comes up. But it was a brilliant marketing campaign. I'm smooth like Keith Stone. Actually, do me a favor. I'm sure the folks at I'm not being paid to do this by Keith Keystone Light. Just want to throw that out there. Get on YouTube and just pull up one of those commercials. I want to hear one of those smooth, like Keith Stone commercials. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, he's got like long hair, <laughs> a mustache with a soul patch. All right, I, I got something here. We'll see what happens. Okay, and he's is. He's supposed to be the smoothest, like Keith Stone. What's the dealio, little lady? My Kiki, she's stuck in the tree. Hold my stones. Oh, I remember this commercial. Hey, little Kiki. Easy, easy, easy. Atta girl. <laughs> She'll be fine. She's just a little shaken. Thank you, young man. What's your name? My name? Yeah. It's Keith Stone. Keith Stone? You're so smooth. Always. Smooth brewed Keystone Light is always smooth, like Keith Stone. I don't have the visual, but if I remember correctly, it's like you're trying to get a cat out of a tree and it turns out to be an attractive woman. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Can you hold my stones? <laughs> Keith Stone. <laughs> smooth like Keith Stone. Why did they go away from that? I don't know. How many years are we stuck with Flo from Progressive? A long... She's got a good we're run. We're stuck with... Uh, and by the way, not criticizing. I'm a fan. What's the girl's name from AT&T? I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. Um, let me... Let's Google. We need to figure out who the homegirl from AT&T is. You'd think after watching every single March Madness game that I would know... What's her face from AT&T? Lily. Lily from AT&T. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. She's been around for a long time. How does... Where does Keith Stone go? Was he a casualty of toxic masculinity? Is that what this is about? No. Oh, we can't have a smooth white guy with a, with a mustache and a goatee running around with a bunch of beers on his shoulder. Can't have nice things. <laughs> it's great. And they used to give out these little tabs that were on the side of the container that had Keith Stone holding a 24-pack or a 30-pack on his shoulder that said, tell your mom I said hi, written right there on the tab. It's great. You could, like, hand those things out. I don't know why I like this so much. I've said all these nice things about Keith Stone. Like, I'll say some mean things now. I... Not, not the greatest. You you want another this one? Is, when you're at East Carolina, yes, I want another one. But before we get to that, at East Carolina, that was probably, if somebody at a college party had a keg, you knew it was Keystone Light. You didn't have to ask, hey, what is this? It was either that or Milwaukee's Best, which is a great name considering it was the worst. See, when I was in college, the the big one was either Natty Light Keystone is, I think, even lower than Natty Light. Or Bush. But, you know, I, I respect cheap beers. I do. Yeah. They serve their purpose. Yeah, they do. All right, give me one more key, Keystone ad and we'll move on. <laughs> do you have a payphone? It's a bride. <laughs> hey there. Guess what? What? Everything's going to be totally fine. Who is this? <laughs> My name is Keith Stone. Keith Stone? You're so smooth. Always. Smooth brewed Keystone Light is always smooth, like Keith Stone. The voice is great, too. Just interjects with... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly <laughs> in the end. Smooth, like Keith Stone. It'd be great. Do you think anyone drinks out of that 6-3 bottle of Keystone Light that they're going to have for Austin Cendrick this week? Do you drink out of that? I don't know. that. No chance. 
It, it, it might end up being something you would like keep. It's a presentation yeah. there because I, I don't care how great Keystone is. Yeah. It's not great lukewarm. No, it's not. Probably not. No. No. If there's any other beer productions or promotions that come to mind that are better than Keith Stone, let me know. 336-777-1600. It's great. Let me hear from my biggest fans here. Let's see what they're saying on Twitter. Oh, my God. Let it go. Nobody cares about Keith Stone. Glad you're learning. Your audience cares about racing. As if I didn't already know that. Nobody cares about Keith Stone. Nah. Keith Stone. I. If it affects one person, then I made a difference in the world. That's right. That's it. 